Welcome back, my fellow creatives, to You've Got Five Pages to Tell Me It's Good, where we grab a new release from the local library and see if it can indeed, in five pages, tell me it's good. So sorry about some fun illness issues last week, but here we are this week with something that looks quite promising. I am not familiar with Rebecca Yaros. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing the name, but we have here a book with dragons on it. So if you know me and you know my daughter Blondie, oh my goodness, if there's dragons involved, I have to give it a try. So this book is called Fourth Wing. And the fact that the tagline says fly or die, I'm like, mm, well, <laughs> clearly have some stakes involved here. Uh, so, I mean, there's plenty of blurbs that are happy about it and that's great, but I do, it, it has a little sense of, um, Aragon to it because, uh, on the back where it's giving its little, um, snippet of the story, there's a segment from apparently the Dragon Riders Codex. A dragon without its rider is a tragedy. A rider without their dragon is dead. So there's definitely a unique culture here and i'm excited to see how this goes i i think this could be a lot of fun and now that as we are getting into school and more intense challenges academically i think we could all use a little bit of escapism i mean there's even a map there's a map of the world that's always excellent so i am stoked to see how this goes Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. We've got, oh man, we even have a war college map. Well, that is pretty fancy. I dig it. Oh, and the following text has been faithfully transcribed from Navarian into the modern language by Jacinia Neilwart, curator of the Scribe Quadrant at Bezgieth War College. All events are true and names have been preserved to honor the courage of those fallen. May their souls be commended to Malik. All right. Well, we're just tucking right in here. Chapter one. Conscription day is always the deadliest. Maybe that's why the sunrise is especially beautiful this morning, because I know it might be my last. I tighten the straps of my heavy canvas rucksack and trudge up the wide staircase of the stone fortress I call home. My chest heaves with exertion, my lungs burning by the time I reach the stone corridor leading to, Sir, to General Sorengale's office. This is what six months of intense physical training has given me. The ability to barely climb six flights of stairs with a 30-pound pack. I'm so fucked. The thousands of 20-year-olds waiting outside the gate to enter their chosen quadrant for service are the smartest and strongest in Navarre. Hundreds of them have been preparing for the Riders' Quadrant, the chance to become one of the elite since birth. I've had exactly six months. The expressionless guards lining the wide hallway at the top of the landing avoid my eyes as I pass, but that's nothing new. Besides, being ignored is the best possible scenario for me. Bezgiath War College isn't known for being kind to, well, anyone. 
even those of us whose mothers are in command. Every Navarian officer, whether they choose to be schooled as healers, scribes, infantry, or riders, is molded within these cruel walls over three years, honed into weapons to secure our mountainous borders from the violent invasion attempts of the Kingdom of Poromil and their griffin riders. The weak don't survive here, especially not in the riders' quadrant. The dragons make sure of that. I'll just pause for a second. So we have a person, first person uh, voice. So we're going to get the thought process, processes, which also means we're not hopefully going to do a lot of head hopping. I don't know. I'm hoping we don't because it's nice when you actually get to know your protagonist in their head. It's, we dig that. And it's, in, it's a good balance here, I'll say, in this first page, that we are having the action of entering the fortress along with thousands of others. But So we have something to see as an audience while also being, not ingratiated, but having some sense of footing on what this world is and why they're there. That this is a rite of passage, which we've seen in a, a lot of young adult literature before you know when you reach that certain age then you are put in a certain house or a quadrant or a profession so that's nothing new um but what is new really anyway uh but i do appreciate that we don't really dwell on it it's just it is what it is and we're moving forward and um i i Let's see where this protagonist is going to take us. You're sending her to die! A familiar voice thunders through the general's thick wooden door, and I gasp. There's only one woman on the continent foolish enough to raise her voice to the general, but she's supposed to be on the border of the eastern wing. Mira. There's a muffled response from the office, and I reach for the door handle. She doesn't stand a chance! Mira shouts as I force the heavy door open, and the weight of my pack shifts forward, nearly taking me down. Shit. The general curses from behind her desk, and I grab onto the back of the crimson upholstered couch to catch my balance. Damn it, Mom! She can't even handle her rucksack! Mira snaps, rushing to my side. I'm fine! My cheeks heat with mortification, and I force myself upright. She's been back for five minutes and is already trying to save me. Because you need, you need saving, you fool. I don't want this. I don't want any part of this writer's quadrant shit. It's not like I have a death wish. I would have been better off failing the admission test to Bezgeath and going straight to the army with the majority of conscripts. But I can handle my rucksack, and I will handle myself. Oh, Violet. Worried brown eyes look down at me as strong hands brace my shoulders. Hi, Mira. A smile tugs at the corners of my mouth. She might be here to say her goodbyes, but I'm just glad to see my sister for the first time in years. Her eyes soften and her fingers flex on my shoulders like she might pull me into a hug, but she steps back and turns to stand at my side, facing our mother. You can't do this. It's already done. Mom shrugs, the lines of her fitted black uniform rising and falling with emotion. I scoff. So much for the hope of a reprieve. 
Not that I ever should have been, should have expected or even hoped for an ounce of mercy from a woman who's made for, famous for her lack of it. Then undo it, Mira seethes. She spent her whole life training to become a scribe. She wasn't raised to be a writer. Well, she certainly isn't you, is she, Lieutenant Sorngale? Mom braces her hands on the immaculate surface of her desk and leans in slightly as she stands, looking us over with narrowed, appraising eyes that mirror the dragons carved into the furniture's massive legs. I don't need the prohibited power of mind reading to know exactly what she sees. At 26 years old, Mira is a younger version of our mother. She's tall, with strong and powerful muscles, toned from years of sparring and hundreds of hours spent on the back of her dragon. Her skin practically glows with health, and her golden brown hair is sheared short for combat in the same style as mom's. But more than looks, she carries the same arrogance, the unwavering conviction that she belongs in the sky. She's a writer, through and through. She's everything I'm not. And the disapproving shake of mom's head says she agrees. I'm too short, too frail. What curves I do have should be muscle, and my traitorous body makes me embarrassingly vulnerable. Mom walks toward us, her polished black boots gleaming in the mage lights that flicker from the sconces. She picks up the end of my long braid, scoffs at the section just above my shoulders, where the brown strands start to lose their warmth of color, and slowly fade to a steely metallic silver by the ends, then drops it. It's an odd sentence. All right. Pale skin, pale eyes, pale hair. Her gaze siphons every ounce of my confidence down to the marrow in my bones. It's like that fever stole all your coloring along with your strength. Grief flashes through her eyes and her brows furrow. I told him not to keep you in that library. It's not the first time. I've heard her curse the sickness that nearly killed her while she was pregnant with me, or the library dad made my second home once she'd been stationed here at Bazgeath as an instructor and he as a scribe. I love the library, I counter. It's been more than a year since his heart finally failed, and the archives are still the only place that feels like home in this giant fortress, the only place where I still feel my father's presence. Spoken like the daughter of a scribe, Mom says quietly. And I see it. Couldn't tell in the words at first, sorry. Uh, Mom says quietly, and I see it. The woman she was while Dad was alive. Softer, kinder, at least for her family. I am the daughter of a scribe. My back screams at me, so I let my pack slip from my shoulders, guiding it to the floor, and take my first full breath since leaving my room. Mom blinks, and that softer woman is gone, leaving only the general. You are the daughter of a writer. You are 20 years old, and today is conscri conscription day. I let you finish your tutoring, but I, like I told you last spring, I will not watch one of my children enter the scribe quadrant, Violet. Well, because scribes are so far beneath writers, I grumble, knowing perfectly well that writers are the top of the social and military hierarchy. It helps that their bonded dragons roast people for fun. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yes, her customary composure slips. And if you dare walk into the tunnel toward the scribe quadrant today, I will rip you out by that ridiculous braid and put you on the parapet myself. My stomach turns over. 
dad wouldn't want this, Mira argues, color flushing up her neck. I loved your father, but he's dead, mom says, as if giving the weather report. I doubt he wants much these days. I just got to stop for a second. This is a lot. Uh, and no, I, let me clarify. This isn't bad. Um, I was kind of hoping we could just be moving forward through the day, but we are kind of stuck in what is essentially a choosing ceremony or a sorting ceremony. It's just, instead, it is a family conflict over whose shoes do you fill. And it's not bad. It's just feeling a little cliche to me. But I also do like the sound of this world. And Violet certainly is a personality. And it sounds like she's got a sense of an ally as well as... I don't want to call her mother the antagonist, but definitely a source of headache or pain here uh, because there is the loss, the effect of that loss upon the family unit with the loss of the father. So um, the, the dialogue is definitely being used to drop pieces of information, which can be a, an effective thing. I know I've even looked for it in past books when it was just all being dumped at us in exposition instead. It's just like, throw something in the dialogue. But I almost feel like we're getting too much now. Because we just, we haven't, we, we got inside this fortress and now we just, we haven't moved. And everything feels stuck now. Uh, but that's, let's, let's see. Let, maybe this conflict will have some more layers to it. I suck in a breath, but keep my mouth shut. Arguing will get me nowhere. She's never listened to a damn thing I've said before, and today is no different. Sending Violet into the writer's quadrant is tantamount to a death sentence. Guess Mira isn't done arguing. Mira's never done arguing with Mom, and the frustrating thing about it is that Mom has always respected her for it. Double standard for the win. She's not strong enough, Mom. She's already broken her arm this year. She sprains some joint every other week, and she's not tall enough to mount any dragon big enough to keep her alive in a battle. Seriously, Mira? What the hell? My fingernails bite into my palms as I curl my hands into fists. Knowing my chances of survival are minimal is one thing. Having my sister throw my inadequacies in my face is another that you know i uh, okay i'm sorry i just don't really see what mira is doing as throwing it in violet's face she's trying to throw it out as evidence at the mom who knows violet's inadequacies i don't know if it, it, that it's a weird response anyway let's just get back into it are you calling me weak? No, Mira squeezes my hand. Just fragile. Well, that's not any better. Dragons don't bond with fragile women. They incinerate them. So she's small, 
Mom scans me up and down, taking in the generous fit of the cream-belted tunic and pants I selected this morning for my potential execution. I snort. Are we just listing my faults now? I never said it was a fault. Mom turns to my sister. Mira, Viola deals with more pain before lunch than you do in an entire week. If any of my children is capable of surviving the rider's quadrant, it's her. My eyebrows rise. That sounded an awful lot like a compliment, but with mom, I'm never quite sure. Plus, I don't know what, what really that even means. I, okay. How many writers candidates die on conscription day, mom? 40? 50? Are you that eager to bury another child? Mira seeds. I cringe as the temperature in the room plummets, courtesy of mom's storm-wielding signet power she channels through her dragon, Aimseer. My chest tightens at the memory of my brother. No one has dared to mention Brennan or his dragon in the five years since they died fighting the Tyrish Rebellion in the South. Mom tolerates me and respects Mira, but she loved Brennan. Dad did too. His chest pain started right after Brennan's death. Mom's jaw tightens and her eyes threaten retribution as she glares at Mira. My sister swallows but holds her own in the staring competition. Mom, I started. She didn't mean get out, Lieutenant. Mom's words are soft puffs of steam in the frigid office. Before I report you absent from your unit without leave. Mira strengthens her posture, nods once, and pivots with military precision, then strides for the door without another word, grabbing a small rucksack on the way out. It's the first time Mom and I have been alone in months. Her eyes meet mine, and the temperature rises as she takes a deep breath. You scored in the top quarter for speed and agility during the entrance exam. You'll do just fine. All soaring gales do just fine. She skims the backs of her fingers down my cheek, barely grazing my skin. So much like your father, she whispers before clearing her throat and backing up a few steps. Guess there are no meritorious service awards for emotional availability. I won't be able to acknowledge you for the next three years, she says, sitting back on the edge of her desk. Since, as commanding general of Bazgeath, I'll be your far superior officer. I know. It's the least of my concerns, considering she barely acknowledges me now. You won't get any special treatment just because you're my daughter, either. If anything, they'll come after you harder to make you prove yourself. She arches an eyebrow. Well aware! Good thing I've been training with Major Gilstead for the last several months since Mom made her decree. She sighs and forces a smile. Then I guess I'll see you in the valley at Threshing, candidate. Though you'll be a cadet by sunset, I suppose. Or dead. Neither of us says it. Okay, I'm going to stop here. Um... So I feel like there is definitely something good going on here. Uh, I'm liking the sound of this world. I'm liking the sound of this setup. And, I, and it's always great to see that connection between a purse, uh, you know, the human and the dragon in many stories. I, it's such a wonderful relationship to explore. I do feel like this, because it keeps going. 
I do feel like this opening interaction between our protagonist Violet and her sister and her mom, I do feel like it drags a bit. It's not a bad interaction. We're clearly this interaction is there to give us a lot of information and it works, but it does feel a little bit of an overkill. Like we could have probably gotten some more, some of this world building a little later just to pace it out a bit, but there is definitely a very promising story here. And I, I'm going to give this a go. I, I, like I said, I love stories where we can bring dragons and people together in a unique way. And it'll, it, it'll be cool to see how this works out. So we'll see then if next week has more dragons or no dragons. I don't know. We'll find out uh, what the new release shelf at the library will bring. So until then, read on, share on, and write on, my friends. Cheers. <laughs>